Hi, and welcome to SimCast, where we at Senior Insurance Marketing dive into all things insurance. We hope agents can utilize this as another tool to expand their knowledge and better assist their clients. This is Todd Brow with Senior Insurance Marketing, and welcome to our podcast. And uh, I am excited to have uh, our guest on today. He has been in the insurance business since 1971 as an agent with Metropolitan Life. Uh, he was a regional director and regional vice president for two companies from 1976 until 1987. He formed his own marketing company in 1987 and ran that until he joined Occidental Life um, as a VP of marketing in 1992. Uh, he, then he was hired on as vice president of marketing and sales at Shenandoah Life in 1998 until 2009. And then in 2009, he joined AmeriLife as president of their marketing companies until 2014, and then joined One Life America as senior vice president and chief marketing officer in 2014. And then in just recently, this fall, he was um, promoted to president, chief executive officer of One Life, and um, is currently um, hold that title as well, too. And it gives me pleasure to introduce Lee Mallory who's been in the insurance business, get this, this coming November, 50 years. And uh, I can't pick a better person to talk uh, about our subject today about life insurance than Lee Mowerly. Lee, welcome to our podcast today. Todd, thank you so much. It is really an honor and a privilege to be here and to be part of this podcast. Uh, I feel very, very blessed who have spent the last almost 50 years in this insurance business of ours. Uh, I think it's, in my opinion, the greatest profession you can be involved in, but of course I'm prejudiced. But uh, I thought today, Todd, we might visit a few things that if agents or individuals or customers may or may not be familiar with in terms of life insurance. And that is, you know, not life insurance is not a new concept. It's been around a long time. In fact, the history of life insurance dates all the way back to ancient Rome when a Roman military leader named Caius Marius formed a burial club among his troops. So in the event of the unexpected death of a club member, other members would pay for the funeral expenses. This basic form of insurance coverage was utilized by poor free people, slaves, members of the military, and average citizens who were not wealthy enough to be sure that they could afford to be buried when they died. Now the concept of insurance as we understand it today began in England in the 1600s, when traders, ship owners, and merchants met at the Lloyd's Coffee House. Yes, Lloyd's Coffee House. That was the predecessor of the famous Lloyd's of London Insurance Company. They would meet there to formulate contracts of insurance. The first company to actually offer life insurance in modern times was the Amicable Society for Perpetual Assurance Office. Now, that's a mouthful for a company name. Founded in London in 1706 by William Talbot and Sir Thomas Allen. Now, the first American life insurance company was called the Presbyterian Synod of Philadelphia. It was formed in 1759, and it was provided to provide benefits for families of Presbyterian ministers. 
1875, the Widows and Orphans Friendly Society was founded in Newark, New Jersey, with a single product, burial insurance. It was the first company in the United States to offer life insurance to the working class. That company eventually became Prudential. And between 1787 and 1837, more than two dozen life insurance companies were started, but fewer than half a dozen of them survived. So should customers and policyholders today be concerned about their life insurance policies? The answer is no. Many agents may not even be aware or educated to the point of the organization that exists to protect policyholders. I hope everyone is. And then in 1983, the National Organization of Life and Health Insurance Guarantee Association, or NOLGA, was formed. It's made up of life and health insurance guarantee associations in all 50 states and D.C. And it was formed to coordinate efforts to provide protection to policyholders when their life or health insurance company becomes insolvent. If a company reports that they're in financial trouble and that they cannot be saved, the court liquidates the company, and the Guarantee Association analyzes the company's commitments to policyholders, and the Guarantee Association in each state where the company is licensed pays claims to the policyholders in the state. So no claims ever go unpaid. Most associations cover up to $300,000 for life insurance death benefits and $100,000 in cash values for life insurance policies. They also cover up to $250,000 in withdrawal and cash values for annuities. So rest at ease, customers and agents. Your life insurance policies are protected by the National Organization of Life and Health Insurance Guarantee Association, or we just simply call it the Guarantee Association. Now, who owns life insurance? Well, by the mid-1970s, 72% of the adult population of the United States and 90% of all families own some form of life insurance. However, a 2010 study from LIMRA, which is an organization that provides facts information to insurance companies, said that 30% of all U.S. households had no life insurance, and only 44% of U.S. households had individual life insurance, a 50-year low. That trend has continued for the past 10 years, with more people needing life insurance than ever before. So let's take a look now at the types of life insurance. There actually are only two major types of life insurance, term insurance and permanent insurance. Term insurance provides life insurance coverage for a specified term period and does not normally accumulate any cash value. Term insurance is significantly less expensive than an equivalent permanent policy, but it may become more expensive by age, depending on the kind of term insurance and the term period. And permanent insurance provides life insurance that covers the remaining lifetime of the insured. A permanent insurance policy normally accumulates cash value until it matures. And there are different types of term and permanent life insurance. Let's take a look at those. First of all, term insurance. The most common type of level of of term insurance is level term insurance, which is level for usually a specified period of years, 10, 15, 20, or 30 years. Another form of term insurance is annual renewable term. That's where the benefits or the death benefit stays the same, but the cost goes up every year. 
And finally, there's decreasing terms, originally sold primarily in the mortgage market, where the amount of insurance decreases each year, but the cost of the insurance stays the same. Now let's look at permanent insurance. The types of permanent insurance, first of all, the most common and best known permanent insurance is whole life insurance. Whole life is where the premium and the death benefit are guaranteed for the life of the policy and it accumulates a cash value. There's also limited pay life policies. This is where a premium is paid for a specified number of years. It could be a 10 pay or a 20 pay, and then the policy is paid up at the end of that period of time. Universal Life came along in the early 80s. I'd already been in the business for 10 or 12 years by that time, Bob, and Universal Life provides permanent coverage with the flexibility, however, of premium payments, death benefits, and interest rates. It's owned primarily for its flexibility. There's guaranteed Universal Life, where premiums and death benefits are guaranteed, but it still maintains the flexibility of a Universal Life policy. Then there's also Index Universal Life, and variable universal life. So we could talk all day about those different types of products, but today we want to concentrate on just one type of permanent type insurance. With all of these various types of life insurance products available, it might surprise you to learn that one of the fastest growing types of life insurance is final expense insurance. That's right, also referred to as funeral insurance or burial insurance. Why are final expense insurance sales growing so fast? Well, for one thing, it's an expanding market. You may or might not, may not have heard this number, but there are over 10,000 people a day turning 65 in the United States. Right now, there are approximately 52 million people over age 65 in the United States. But by 2030, that's only 10 years away, it's estimated that there will be more than 95 million people over age 65 in this country. The good news for seniors, like me, is the average life expectancy has increased. In 1950, it was age 65. In 2017, it was 78.6. And now in 2020, it's over age 80 as a life expectancy, and it's still increasing. This is an interesting fact, I think. By 2060, there will be over one-half million centenarians, age 100 or older. You think we're not living longer? Look at the numbers. The Life Insurance Council predicts that the final expense market will continue its upward growth trend for the next 15 years or more, growing by anywhere from 2 to 7% a year. But what is final expense insurance? Sure, I said it's burial insurance, and it was the first insurance sold in the U.S. I helped to design and build a, new, a number of final expense products in my 49 years in insurance. And Todd, I was actually referred to in a television interview a few years ago as the father of final expense insurance. I'm not quite that old, but I have been fortunate enough to work with a number of people in building some of the final expense products that were sold. Final expense insurance is whole life insurance, normally sold to people ages 45 to 85, but there are exceptions to that. Some companies will offer final expense insurance for less than age 45. Not many offer anything above age 85, but we'll see more products coming for older ages as people live longer. Final expense insurance has a guaranteed death benefit because, remember, it's whole life insurance. It has guaranteed premiums and usually a small cash value. It involves what's called simplified underwriting, 
meaning that it's usually easy to qualify for with very limited health questions. The average size case for finalist insurance ranges somewhere between 1,000 to 40,000. Some companies may issue a little bit more than that. Very few will issue less than 1,000. But most insurance companies that offer final expense offer two or three levels of different types of benefits based on the health of the applicant and corresponding health questions. The most common benefits are level or full benefit, and that is the full amount of insurance that was applied for, and that's for the most healthy individuals. A second type of benefit is called graded benefit. That's the type of policy in which the life insurance benefit the first year is not the full benefit, but might be a percentage. For example, 70% of the insurance that was applied for would be the benefit the first year, 30% in the second year, and then the full benefit for those with some health problems. If this is issued for people with some health problems, the full benefit is in the third year. I should have said 30 cents the first year and 70 the second year. Modified benefit now, which is in most cases is a, is a benefit of return of premium. That is for people who are in the very poor health. Instead of offering a death benefit, the modified plan offers a return of the individual's premium to their beneficiaries plus an interest rate. The most common type of modified benefit is return of premium plus 10% interest. Now the average death benefit for final expense insurance sales, and this has not changed through the years, is between seven and $10,000 in life insurance. Average premium for age 65, male or female, non-smoker, is somewhere around $50 a month. This can certainly vary by insurance company and type of product, but that's for a level benefit. Now, another form of final expense insurance is guaranteed issue insurance. This is for those in bad health who don't qualify for other insurance. It's normally a modified return of premium type product like we talked about with a return of their premium plus 10% or some interest rate for two or three years. It involves no health questions and therefore is more expensive than other forms of final expense insurance. And many final expense companies offer unique features that are not found in every final expense product. Some companies, for example, will give diabetics a full benefit if they've not had complications from their diabetes. No um, uh, diabetic comas, neuropathy, that type of thing, they can get a full benefit policy. Some companies will also cover congestive heart failure or COPD, usually under a graded or modified benefit. And some companies also offer a non-smoker premium rate to anyone who uses tobacco in any form other than cigarettes. A little bit of a unique feature that some companies offer in that final expense world. And what's the future of final expense insurance? Well, we talked a little bit about the expanding market and how fast it's growing. The future of final expense insurance is assured because of a growing need. Many baby boomers, that's the 1946 to 1964, I missed that by one year, Todd, they will lose their employer-sponsored life insurance due to retirement. Many people consider themselves being insured, but their only insurance is at their job. If they retire, they may lose that insurance, and they will need final expense insurance. Others will see older term policies expire. People that hold on to term policies, and if they're not convertible or if they don't convert them to permanent insurance, they will lose that coverage. So they will need to be candidates for final expense insurance. 
while others will have unintended lapses of underfunded universal life policy. What does that mean? Well, universal life, which is a great type concept and product, originally when it was introduced in the 1980s, it offered interest rates that were at that time reasonable. They are no longer reasonable. As a result, many universal life policies are imploding because of low interest rates. When that happens, the insurance goes away, and therefore individuals will be in need of new new expense, new final expense insurance, which is permanent. Another factor in the future of final expense insurance is the rising cost of funerals and cremations, which is a fact. This will add to the consumer demand for final expense insurance. And finally, certainly no, no news to anyone here today in the circumstances you're going through. The spreading health risks, such as the current coronavirus pandemic, seasonal flus, and other diseases are concerns to seniors, and more and more reasons why they should take a close look at handling their future needs with final expense insurance if they have not done so. In closing, I would simply say, you know, life insurance has provided peace of mind to insurers and their beneficiaries for hundreds of years, and will continue to do so in the future. Todd, that's about all I had to say today, but I wanted to be sure and pass along that information to those who might be in. Thanks, Lee. Really appreciate it. I mean, look at it. Insurance goes way, way back, and it's been around for a long time. And um, um, it helps people out in the time of need for final expense or covering for expenses uh, when the spouse dies and the other spouse is still, you know, a living and they have kids um, going in college and everything like that helps pay for that as well, too. So um, there's a lot of various uh, types of insurance, like Lee said. So feel free to give us a call here at Senior Insurance Marketing. Our phone number is 877-800-3080, and we'll be happy to help you out um, to find um, uh, the best product for your clients um, for life insurance, whether it be final expense, term, uh, permanent insurance, uh, give us a call. We'll be happy to help you out. And Lee, thanks for uh, taking the time out, out of your busy schedule today uh, to talk about insurance. And I can't think of another person that I would uh, have talk about insurance and history of insurance and the value of insurance um, than you. Uh, 50, um, going on 50 years in the business. That's, that's great. That's awesome. And um, congratulations as well. Thanks so much, Todd. There's not much subject I'd rather talk about than my favorite subject of life insurance. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks, Lee. You take care. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to tune in next time as we make this senior insurance market simplified.